Welcome to the Dog Ninja Show. My name is Trevor Smith with the Doggy Dojo, and today I just wanted to get out some frustrations. I know that's not a really great way to start a podcast episode, but I know that a lot of you may be frustrated with some of the behaviors your dogs are exhibiting, and you like to get past them or through them. And so... I want to go ahead and let you guys know in a little secret about how to get past these barriers of frustration that you're having with your dog. And this happened more recently with my dog, Yoshi, um, who is a border collie with me personally. Um, He's a great dog. He is so energetic and so excited about dog agility. And when I go and I take him out to do agility competitions, one of the things he does is he gets real excited about the environment and all the other dogs running, particularly when they run through tunnels. That gets him really hyped up. And so we've been working on a bunch of different games to kind of help calm him down before his run and get used to the trial-like environment. But I will have to say that over the last six months, it's been a journey for us too. And he's taught me so much about this type of behavior. And maybe some of you guys have dealt with that with your own personal dogs. You have high energy dogs with lots of excitement and have little to no focus in certain types of training or certain types of real environments that you're going through with your dog and enjoying with your dog or trying to enjoy with your dog. Well, me and Yoshi, we're stuck right there. We um, would go through a whole course, and when we get to the weave poles particularly, if you aren't familiar with what weave poles are, there are 12 poles that stick straight up, and the dog has to weave through them. Um, But Yoshi was getting uber frustrated with it, and he would just typically just do go run past them, or if I turn them around, he'd just kind of half half go into them because one of the things we do and what I found out is if he tried three times which is the maximum times you can try um, the weave poles then we would just move on to the next obstacle so it's almost reinforcing him just not to do the weave poles properly because in his mind it was easier and faster to just skip on by them So we had to break these things down, and this actually transpired into other obstacles too. When he thought something was more difficult or not possible, he would just go ahead and not even try to go do the obstacle, and he would almost come back all the time to chew or mouth on my feet or my shoes, because that was a heavily reinforced thing that he loved to do, just self-reinforcing. I never necessarily purposely wanted him to chew on my shoes, but even one person made a joke, because I wear Solomon shoes, and they are the Solomon brand shoes, and this is not a plug for Solomon shoes. They're just fantastic shoes for me. They don't work for everybody, but they work great for me. Um, But someone was making fun of the fact that he loved to chew my shoes so much that he they thought the shoe said salmon on the side of them instead of Solomon. And yes, as funny as that was, it was also uber frustrating to have to deal with my dog always constantly going for my shoes. And for him, the fact is, is he was frustrated too. So that frustration is usually a two-way street when it comes to our dog's behaviors like this. We get frustrated with what's happening in the situation um, with our dogs, particularly sometimes. And our dogs actually get frustrated with us. And this right here is the majority of the problem. Both ends are frustrated. Both parties are frustrated. And once we can get past these barriers of frustration, we can get a more rich relationship with our dogs. So how do we get past these barriers of frustration with our dogs? We break it down. We say, okay, what can you do? What is the foundational behavior I want you to do instead? So let's take something maybe a little bit easier, like jumping up. If your dog likes to jump up on you, 
What's a foundational behavior that conflicts with jumping up behavior that you want them to do instead? Sit. If your dog likes to bite or chew on um, you or your stuff, what is a foundational behavior that the dog could do instead? Chew on their toys. And what if the dog is barking um, and when people come over or anything like that? Another foundational behavior is also chewing of toys. Um, and, and putting a toy in their mouth. So just with sit and putting a toy in their mouth, we can solve a lot of behavioral issues with our dogs, but that's just not where it all stops. There's just a mindset that we have to get to with our dogs when training them that if we are struggling or hitting a wall, what do we want the dog to be doing instead? And what behaviors can we break down to help them get to that ultimate goal of whatever we want? And so... That's what we do with Yoshi. We actually hit the books and we hit some, um, I say hits and it sounds very violent, but we actually hit some training. We actually did um, some private lessons with multiple trainers and we worked with a lot of different things to help build that connection up. And one of the breakthroughs for Yoshi and I, other than just working through more wee pull training, we actually totally restarted our wee pull training. We went back to two by twos, like these just brand new learning wee pulls. Because um, a previous method we use actually encouraged dogs to run past them or run past the set of poles. I know it sounds crazy, but there is just um, some methods works well for some dogs and other ones develop other type of behavior problems that we aren't expecting. And we kind of have to switch gears and try something new. So we decide, OK, we haven't done two by twos before. We take two poles at a time and teach a dog to learn to get reinforcement for running through the middle of two poles. And this worked. It is fantastic. He actually loved it because normally you would have to do 12 poles. And just doing two was super easy. It was like, dude, I can do two poles and get a treat. I can do two poles and get a toy. Done. And then we put that two to four poles. And that four poles is six poles. And once you get six poles, then you just do two sets of six. And now you're back to 12. And this last weekend at the agility trial that we attended, Yoshi was able to do 12 weave poles and the trial before that he was got his first excellent master standard cue and it was really funny my wife was filming behind the scenes was like what no way like he did it and and then this weekend had a couple people come up to me and say wow he's really making difference and making um, a huge change in in striding and we had some mistakes um there was you know a few bobbles throughout the weekend but overall we started to see progress so i encourage you guys that you don't give up you just break it down a really good way to look at it don't give up just break it down break down the training just like dory from finding nemo i need to make this maybe a shirt that'd be really fun is just keep training and if you just keep training you will find a way and sometimes that training um is research from online looking at different types of training to help your dog be successful for me personally taking classes and taking private lessons from other great dog trainers um really helps me and you're all like wait you take classes and you take private lessons you bet (laughs) so um as a dog trainer i i believe in the the power of getting instruction 
questions from an outside eye and getting some advice. And I am humble enough to say that I don't know everything and I am constantly learning every single day. And my dogs are some of my greatest teachers, uh, but I also learn from some amazing trainers and a support team. My wife is a big support to me, but also I have some, a, a great support team of um, other competitors who are kind of helping me along, encouraging me along and pointing out things that I can work on or things that I'm doing good at, but also getting some encouragement from professional, other professional dog trainers as my coach, my coaches. And it's a dog sport that I do. You know, this is a true sport. Agility has become very athletic and very, um, athletic for both the dog and the handler. Um, and as you're, um, getting through the sport and as you're moving up the ranks and here, some of these things you do need to get coaching and, and it's real important to, um, have an outside eye, an outside opinion to help you out and help you to be successful with your dog. Now, some of you guys that aren't doing dog agility and just need your dog to come when called to walk on leash, same story. Sometimes just getting that um, outside, outside eye or outside opinion to help you and encourage you is really good. And there's a, there's a balance. And maybe in a future episode, we can talk about um, what constitutes as good coaching. Um, but for now, I just want to leave it at that, that when you're frustrated and you're hitting a wall, you know, break down those little steps with your dog and your dog's training and you will make it through and you'll be able to make it happen. I've done it many times with my own personal dogs and with my students' dogs. Um, and it's kind of fun. And what's so cool about dog training, one of the coolest fa- facts about dog training is it's so scientific. And that's why if you guys are struggling what methodology to use with your dog, trust the science. Look at current science that's happening with dog training. Because if you lean on the science of dog training, the science of behavior, um, and just looking into that, it makes life so much easier. And if you look at some of the old methodologies that we used to train dogs, and it wasn't scientific, it was blunt force, and it's caused problems. But now that we have all this research and data on the science, and knowing that reinforcement drives behavior and how powerful that is for dogs to make choices, that it becomes now like a primary reinforcer for the dog, incredible things are happening in the dog training world when we start to lean on that versus blunt force. Because when we start to lean on science, Eventually, if we hit the formulas just right, and we hit the formulas not even just right, but just kind of start to whittle away at building the and reinforcing the behaviors you want the dog to do instead, you will make it happen. It will happen. You know, the behaviors that you don't want will decrease, and the behaviors that you do want will increase with that reinforcement. So um, it's so cool, and I get excited. I kind of nerding out a little bit here, and that's kind of what you're going to get with this podcast is a little dog nerd over here, dog geek, <laughs> to, to talk to you guys about dog training. Um, but this is also, um, I'm going to be real with you guys on here and kind of show you my struggles and my stories and, and my student stories to help you guys um, find that success for your own. So thanks for joining us here on the Dog Ninja Show. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Feel free to reach out to me. Go ahead and check out www.thedoggydojo.com for more training tips and resources and places where I am on social media, on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys next time.